0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth NFL podcast. I'm your host Anish Gupta and I'm your host Srikar Jendren. All right, if you may have or may not have watched our previous uh, episode, it was on the recap of the wildcard picks. This is our official divisional round picks. Uh, I struggle with the intro. This was it took us like three tries. All right, uh, before we get into it, though, big quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, again, fourth generation trimmer, amazing ceramic blade, uh, cutting edge technology, uh, wireless charging, long battery life. Uh, Use code CHT20 uh, to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's CHT20 at manscaped.com. Join over 2 million men worldwide who use this amazing product. Uh, They've got other amazing products, t-shirts, boxers, uh, ball ball deodorant, nose, ear hair, weed whacker, trimmer. Um, Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Go grab yourself that lawnmower 4.0 now. Let's get into the divisional round, Shriek. Hard to believe that we're already here. Um, You want to maybe start us off? Which game are we going to be talking about first? Jaguars-Chiefs, man. All right. Um, You know what? I'm going to start off on this one. And I know usually I let you do it. But uh, how about Trevor Lawrence? How about that dude? All right. I'm I'm just going to talk about it real quick. He's down 27-0 in his first playoff game. He's got four picks at half. Uh, I don't have all the text with me right now, but uh, it was not looking good. Uh, I was at Costco getting new glasses, and I look at my phone, and I see, like, 200, like, messages from, like, every group chat I'm in that has to do with football, and I'm just getting so much, like, So much trash talk thrown at me like everybody was on my head about Trevor Lawrence having four picks and then obviously the fifth turnover was the fumble on the punt which bounced off Caleb Jenkins, I believe and I'm just like I didn't even know what was going on. I like I was tuning into the game a little bit and I was like, oh my God, two picks and Dude, I was like what the like I was just getting thrown at everything and then I come home And I watched the second quarter towards the end, and I see T Law doing what I know T Law to do, which is throw dimes and be great in the pocket. Uh, And they're down 27 to 7. And I kept going around to my family because I had Jags' money line too. And I was like, okay, they just need three touchdowns. They just need three, right? And then they get a stop, and then they get a touchdown. I'm like, okay, they just need two right? And then they get a field goal. And I'm like, okay, they need two, a two, two, point conversions. And then they get, um, uh, what do you call it? I think they got like a field goal or something. Uh, or no, I think they got a touchdown without the two and I'm like, okay, they need two touchdowns still. And then they get a, uh, get a, uh, another stop. And I'm like, okay, they just need two touchdowns. They get the t- second touchdown and then they get the touchdown again to go down, uh, two, uh, two points. And then the field goal to walk it off. I mean, you talk about a dude in his first ever playoff game, throws four picks, four picks, and is down 27 points. And he comes all the way back in his first ever playoff game. This is just not, this is not new for him. He's been a champion through and through high school, college, the pros. This dude is a winner. He's a commodity. Second year, he's doing this. I mean, he with one bad year with a coach who's in a strip club after a loss, right? Take that one year out. And he's been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, I will say it once and i will say it again you cannot name me four quarterbacks in the league that you would take over trevor lawrence i cannot name four quarterbacks that i would take over him i can name you three uh but i cannot name you four and with that uh i will leave it to you shriek what did you think of the jaguars and what 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 do they got cooking down there in uh uh jacksonville florida so
1: i i'll i'll leave lawrence to you everyone's gonna talk about patrick Mahomes and trevor lawrence uh, everyone's also going to talk about Doug Peterson, seeing an old friend in Andy Reed. What a lot of people will not talk about is, and I'll kind of combine the two, both the Jaguars and chiefs defense, like those defenses are peaking at the right time. Uh, and I'll start with Jacksonville for Jacksonville. I mean, this is a unit coming together after a ton of offseason moves. Uh, they did struggle early, but down the stretch, I mean, they've been terrific. In their last five regular season games, Jacksonville allowed 15.6 points per game. Against the Chargers, they surrendered 30, but only 13 on drives starting outside their own red zone. So all told- That's,
0: That was just about to say that. Great point.
1: All told, Justin Great Herbert point. averaged uh, 4.6 yards per game. I mean, they did good. In Kansas City, the Chiefs haven't allowed six yards of play since week 13. And that unit- I think, I think the, strong, the strongest takeaway I can take from them is uh, the first-round rookies, Trent McDuffie and George Karlaftis. The emergence of McDuffie uh, since coming back from that hamstring injury he suffered early in the year, that's allowed the Jarius Sneed to travel with you know, whoever's the top target on the other side. And as for Karlaftis, six sacks over the past seven games after only a half sack in his first 10 games. Uh, so both of those guys really coming into their own here. But I also want to, uh, I want to look back to week 11 when the Jaguars and Chiefs met at Arrowhead. Kansas City had 486 yards. They went 7 of 10 on third down. Uh, Lawrence was sacked five times. And they won the game despite being minus three in the turnover ratio. So if Jacksonville is to actually pull this upset, which would be a big upset, by the way, it'll be because their defense forces more turnovers, obviously. And Lawrence has better protection, which I think both things will happen this time around.
0: All right. First of all, I want to give you a quick, I mean, that was some good analysis. All Thank right. You. I'm going to throw that. Like, those were some great points. Now, I got to give it to you. Uh, I, um, what do you call it? Carl Laftus and McDuffie were two guys that I was really high on coming in. Uh, I thought the Chiefs had the best draft. I got a lot of heat for it. But those were two of the guys that I thought were really good hits. And uh, you mentioned it. They really picked it up to end of the year. Uh, the six yards per play, I thought was a great point. Uh, even for Jacksonville, outside of the Dallas game, which they ended up winning on a turnover, right? They were phenomenal. Like three points, I think, to uh, New York, uh, three points to Houston, right? And then to t- uh, against Tennessee, what won them the game that ultimately sent them into the playoffs? It was a fumble return for a touchdown. So great points there. Uh, and, you know, quite honestly, like, the Jags chiefs game was one to forget, like in the regular season, I feel like we don't really talk about it. It was just a game that like, you know, the, okay, the chiefs won. Right. And, uh, they're one step closer to keeping that one seed. That was kind of the context at the time. Right. There was really not much we kind of expected to unpack in there because we didn't think they would end up rematching again. Uh, but here we are. And, uh, you're right. I love kind of focusing on the quarterbacks, but you're right. It's way deeper than that. Um, Another thing that Jacksonville has really done well is the four pieces that they either got back from injury or invested in in the offseason on offense. Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and Travis Etienne, all four have hit tremendously, right, and all four made a significant impact in the game against LA, and if the Jags want to win this game against uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead all four, again, need to have some sort of impact. I mean, literally everybody who touched the ball uh, for Jacksonville was cooking in the second half. Marvin Jones had a touchdown, Zay Jones had a touchdown. Uh, Christian Kirk had two, I believe, Mm -hmm. and Travis Etienne had 19 carries for 111 and the crazy outside uh, zone run to seal the game. So that's what we're gonna need again, right? If I'm a Jags fan, that's what I need. And for, right, he was statistically The best quarterback in the league post Thanksgiving. And if you take out that one bad half, it's not even close. All right. So obviously the key for Trev is you can't have those type of mistakes because a team like Kansas City is not going to falter, right? You're not going to have these, you know, drives that start uh, in your own territory that don't amount to anything. That is not going to happen with Kansas City they were still putting record number points on offense without Tyreek Hill. Like this is still a really potent offense. This is still a really good team uh, that's deep. It's got a good old line. It's got a great quarterback. Uh, a run game that's actually been pretty decent. I mean, Pacheco has had 60 plus rushing yards in like, I think, like six or seven straight games. Uh, and Jerick McKinnon has kind of emerged as this, you know, receiving back that they were looking for in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I would say that pacheco and mckinnon combination is what they expected clyde to be when they took him i think 32nd overall Mm -hmm. so uh just wanted to touch on that Uh, i think you made enough points about the defense um this is going to be a really tough game uh i I love the narrative where you know t law is undefeated on uh saturday um but if there's anyone who can break that kind of you know magical run it's my homeboy so shriek why don't you start us off give us your pick
1: oh man honestly i just think kansas city has such an overwhelming roster in this matchup patrick mahomes obviously is about to win a second mvp um and obviously i talked about that defense something i forgot to include chris jones man we really got to talk about chris jones i think he i'd make an argument he is a top five defender in football not even like a top five defender he is really really good
0: i wish jack um, were here for this
1: yeah, because you remember the Fletcher <laughs> Cox versus Christian. I mean, we all know where that went. Um, OG fans, <laughs> the corners right. are playing well too. Right. I mean, the Chiefs have six Pro Bowlers. Jacksonville has none. I, I just got to put it that way. So if Kansas City doesn't make you know huge backbreaking mistakes, I think they'll win this game. Give me the Chiefs. <sighs>
0: okay, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw this out there uh Mahomes has never lost a home playoff game to anyone not known as the undisputed goat of football all right that's his only home playoff loss and i i'm just pulling up the game that they played uh in week 11 like these guys it was only a 10 point game right and t law was fine 29 of 42 59 Etienne only got 11 carries. Christian Kirk had a really good game. And I think your mention of McDuffie and Legereus is going to be really key because if Christian Kirk goes off again, that's going to lead to more openings for guys like Zay Jones who can push the ball downfield. Evan Ingram, who's who's really immersed in the last couple of weeks, and we didn't really see him in that game. I think he had, th- yeah, he had three balls for 14, right? Like, that's not going to happen again. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's been getting open across the field, especially on seams, uh, over the sideline and this is what makes it so hard to pick because, I mean, Jacksonville's got all the momentum, right? Like, how do you, I mean, Kansas city is facing a team that's got nothing to lose a team that's been playing really well to that point. Here's another thing. Doug Peterson started
1: that week 11 game with an onside kick, which was successful. So he's gonna, he's gonna pull out the tricks. You said nothing to lose. He's going to do some stuff that we haven't seen. He's going to
0: have to try and find an edge. So I just, uh, if this was, if this was Buffalo or Cincinnati, I would have so picked Jacksonville. I just want to let that be known. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and I, it really hurts. Like for those who know, like it really hurts me to do this. I, I really don't want to, I might end up switching to Jacksonville anyway, but Yeah. I'm going to go with Kansas city here. This is, this is so hard for me. Uh, But you know what the bright spot is I finally found my guy. Uh, You know, I finally found a player that just, I can fully believe in and big Trev second year. I mean, could you have asked for anything better? I mean, like he really defied some expect, even mine. I said, I had, I mean, I I was saying this guy was going to be undisputed in everyone's top 12. I was like, this guy is for sure going to break out. I mean, he's surpassed my expectations. So uh, kudos to you if if this is where it ends, but. Man, right, go, go with the Chiefs. Uh, this really hurts. And right. you know, I might change before the end. I, I might. I'm not even playing. All right, all right. Um, let's move on. So, the night game
1: on Saturday is. Mo's well, another one of your favorite, two two of your favorite quarterbacks, I'd say, but one that you've been really riding for. That's Daniel Jones. It's the Giants and the Eagles. So, I'm going to let you start here as well. Um, what do you think about the matchup? Let's talk it.
0: I mean, what is there to say? I mean, I had I had myself a really great first two days of the playoffs. Um, I, mean, I, I just want to go give a quick shout out to one of our guys. Uh, his name is Ash. Not a big fan of Daniel Jones. You know, it was really funny. Uh, like... <laughs> um, He used to, like, make fun saying that, like, I was, you know, I was a believer in Danny Dimes And, like, you know, I told him, I've been a believer in Danny since he's come into the league. Since that very first game he had against Tampa Bay. I don't know if you remember that. He had, like, five touchdowns uh, all the way back. Big comeback. Since that game, I've just been a believer in him. Yeah. And, um, I mean, to see where he's at now is just so cool. Like, he had quite – like, in my opinion, with circumstances and everything, I think the second best performance or like there was just so many good quarterback performances, But I think I think the top three were him against the Vikings, uh, T-Law in the second half against L.A., and then obviously Dak against Tampa. We'll talk about that. later. I don't want to talk about that one. Danny looked phenomenal, man, like even more than what I expected him to be. But I kept telling you guys right to start the year. And the reason why I stuck with him is. He, he's gotten better every single year, right? That was my whole point. And I remember I had to take, I don't know if you remember this, two years ago, uh, I said that he would be top five in passing yards with a healthy Saquon. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Um, it never happened and it never came close to it. But my whole point behind that was, this is a guy who's got all the talent in the world, right? And if he can just fix his you know, miscues and things that you just question, right? He's going to be a good quarterback in this league. He's got all the tools for it. And that's exactly what he's become. Five interceptions over the course of the entire year, right? That's pretty impressive. So I'll kind of save what I'm talking about DJ for, but his best game, in my opinion, of the season was against Minnesota in the regular season, and he followed it up, right? The Vikings were giving him a lot of two shell. They weren't stacking the box. They were daring him to throw, right? Uh, And... He did it anyway, and he ran the ball. He was like, "Watch me! I'm gonna go 13 carries for 74." Like, I mean, like he was so good in that game. And Darius Slayton, you should have caught that pass because, oh, like, yeah. I was really mad when. He, oh man, I was really. He mad. would have been inconsolable but, I mean, he's making, if the Giants lost that game. Yeah, I mean, so he, so you're like, you're making it work with no one. No one in my mind on that team is a number one wide receiver. Nobody like Isaiah Hodgins is great. I've been on Richie you know, like James. Wave. Like, nah, nah, stop it. I've been on the Hodgins way for a while, but he's a wide receiver too. He's a good Z. He's not your ex. Like there's nobody on that team that can do that. And he's making it work. So that's what I will say about Danny. Uh, I'll let you maybe kind of throw it up with uh, Philadelphia and maybe the giants. Like, where do you think this matchup kind of goes? I'll I'll follow it up from, from what you say.
1: I'll say this. Um, uh huge, huge shout out to Brian Dable. I mean, the way I'll put it is this. I don't think Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback yet, but I'm so happy he's not a turnover machine anymore. Like, if we look back to Brian Dable's Buffalo days, he turned Josh Allen into a guy who didn't throw picks often, and once he left, we saw Allen you know, kind of fall back into those ways with the turnovers. But in New York, he's doing the exact same thing with Daniel Jones. Like, as you said, five picks is very, very impressive. All right. Uh, shout out to the defense as well. I mean, what they did late in that game. Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau are dogs. Like, they are dogs. And Saquon Barkley going as crazy as he did on only nine carries. I mean, those are big talking points. But we, we, I can't, we can't shy away from time on number eight. Like, it's Daniel Jones who is key to keeping this third matchup against the Eagles close. So in their first meeting, uh, the Giants were were flat-out beaten, 48-22. Uh, four of 13 on third down. You lose the turnover battle. Uh, they allowed four sacks, only totaled around 300 yards. And obviously in that second game, Giants rested everybody. It was a meaningless game. I don't think Jones will repeat his performance against Minnesota this weekend. I, I mean, Minnesota is one of the worst defenses in the league in so many metrics. And on the other hand, Philly leads the league in sacks. Terrific secondary. Uh, obviously, Dar- you got to go up against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But I will say this. If Jones is given time and can utilize his legs to pick up you know, a few key third downs, this game becomes really interesting. The Eagles have health concerns all over this roster. And to that point, uh, I-, I think I put this in the chat. When Jones runs at least 10 times this season – giants are six oh and one so he makes a difference you know he really does whether you like it or not but whew, I, this is going to be a very interesting game i'm very excited for
0: all right now that i'm done talking about number eight yeah let me go actually give number right out of this game uh first of all with the eagles jalen's shoulder strain right how much are we kind of you know worried about that uh, it was a six-point game with Davis Webb, right? And the Eagles needed to win the game. Like, it wasn't a game that they could just coast by. They needed to keep the one seed for the bye, right? Uh, it is an extra week of rest, so I think we can. it's safe to assume that Jalen's kind of playing at 100% or at least around there. Uh, I think the key to the game is, and one thing uh, you didn't talk about, but I'm glad you saved it for me, uh, Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney on Justin Jefferson was phenomenal. And I'm going to save a little bit of what I have to say about J. Jeff for maybe later, but... Um, I don't think he's a top two receiver in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a spoiler, a little spoiler. Uh, and I know I'm going to get a little bit of shade for that, but I don't. Um, too many disappearing games. I mean, Chicago and then this. Uh, I think Tay and uh, Tariq are better. And then you can argue Cup when he's healthy, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> um, yeah, Adori and Xavier McKinney, you got to do the same thing on AJ Brown, right? Like, And the thing is, Philly has Devontae Smith, who's so much better at this point in their careers than Adam Thielen. Um, and that's my guy. Thielen's my guy, but Devontae Smith is him. Uh, so that's something to worry about, right? And the thing is, the Giants gave a lot to TJ Hawkinson because safety help wasn't there uh, on the tight ends, right? Like They really focused on isolating the outside receivers. So you know, for the Eagles, it's going to be Dallas Goddard, right? If they're going to do the same thing on A.J. Brown, who's a little bit more physical, not as fast, but Dallas Goddard's got to get open and do the same things T.J. Hawkinson was doing if they want to, you know, just exploit it, right? And one thing that Philly has that the Giants maybe aren't as ready for, but they have to be, is the dynamic rushing, right? Philly is a way better running team than Minnesota is. Um, They're so explosive, right? And I think Dexter Lawrence, as you mentioned, is going to be key into that, right? You've got to stop the inside runs that's going to be key. Uh, and then for Philly's defense, I think one thing that's really huge, and I think we're undermining it is CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, Like he's coming back, right? Uh, six picks and I think 10 games or something like he's a, he's an absolute ball hawk. Uh, and then Darius Slay and James Bradbury are two lockdown corners. So I think here's what it comes down to. I think it's which team runs the ball better, right? Because It's safe to say that I think Darius Slay is going to do a pretty solid job on whoever they've got at their X. I think it's Slayton Uh, and then Hodgins going up against Bradbury. I think that's a really tough matchup for Hodgins. So uh, unless you kind of move them slot, whatever you do. So it comes down to who runs the ball better, right? Because I think Adori and McKinney are also going to do their thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You ready to kind of pick
1: it? I'm ready. Uh, This is, I think this is a nice spot the eagles they come in getting some rest as the top scene the nfc obviously i actually do think they will be healthier we mentioned jalen hurts uh lane johnson as well um he should get some much needed time to recover from his injury the giants are good man I, i just feel like philly is gonna lock up the run um as you mentioned i think the eagles will run the ball better I, I think the Eagles are going to stack the box, force Daniel Jones to win under pressure. It's, I don't think that's an ideal scenario for the Giants, to be honest. They might be able to force a few turner, turnovers, and I think that could be the difference in this game, especially at home. It's going to be a raucous Philly crowd. Give, give me the Eagles. I mean, the Giants are a good team, man, but I, I got to go Philly.
0: I'm going with big blue. Alrighty. I'm going, with I'm going with the giants. I'm <laughs> I don't going with my guy. And uh, the thing is, I love Jalen hurts. Like I, I think I've probably been the highest on him out of us three. Uh, I had him as my top breakout candidate for the season. Like I, like it's been, he's even again, like T law, Jalen has surpassed my expectations for him. I think the extra week of rest is actually going to hurt Philly. Like, Could see that. I I know he wasn't there for, you know, the 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 two of the final three games that they lost. But like I I just something about it, like I I think the one week of rest is going to hurt them and it's giving me vibes of the commanders game where it's just like, you know, they're a better team, they're supposed to win. And I think they just have a couple miscues that they wouldn't have had if they were playing with more momentum on their side, right? I think New York got all the momentum, and I think they genuinely believe that they can go into Philly and win this game, right? Like, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, okay, the 48-22 to 22 game was a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, And I love Nick Ceriani. I think he's as good of a coach, if not better, than Brian Dable. But... Uh, something about the momentum man i I don't know i i I could really look so stupid doing this but i think big blue goes in there and shocks the world uh and i think we're gonna have to see a lot and i think it's gonna come down on danny dimes again in the run game uh and i think danny's gonna have to run 10 more times as you said uh i think that's gonna be a big key
1: giants in the nfc championship man Who'd have thought? That's that's crazy. Oh,
0: dude! If this happens, I'm gonna look like such a smart dude. Like this is like the Ravens <laughs> Titans all of the years ago. I'm really hoping this hits. If but, they do feel like. And I really want to pick. I really want to pick Jacksonville they too, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't pick the Jacksonville. I really want to, but I can't. All right, let's move on. All right,
1: so the first game of Sunday is the Bengals and the Bills. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think this is the best game of the weekend. Um, They're squaring off after having their Week 17 game canceled in the wake of DeMar Hamlin's injury. Now they see each other in Buffalo with the winner advancing to the AFC Championship. I think the winner here will be the team who can limit the other team's passing attack more. Buffalo has to take advantage of Cincinnati's offensive line. Obviously, it's pretty weakened. Uh, They could be down three starters, Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, and obviously Lyle Collins all out. On the other hand, the Bills don't have Von Miller. So the Bengals can attack them there too. I'm going to keep it short here. I, if Joe Burrow has time, oh, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's going to be a snow game too. We got to keep that in mind. So it's a very interesting matchup. Obviously, I don't think the Bengals are happy. But could this fuel them or will it hold them back?
0: We'll see. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think Cincy got robbed. Uh, like I, I am very confident in saying that Cincy was going to win that game. Uh, and if I'd won that game, it would have been in Cincinnati, not in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Uh, I actually think this bodes a little bit better for both teams too, just because they haven't played so, like so a little bit more of this wild card factor, right? Like what goes on between the two. I will say this too. I think the Buffalo we saw against. Miami is a little bit more fluky than the Cincinnati one game we saw versus Baltimore. So what I mean by that is, look, Buffalo looked really bad in a couple cases, right? You can agree with me on that. Like, I mean, some of the turnovers, right? Like on a defensive side. Like, how do you let Miami with Skylar Thompson in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cincinnati, the same thing. Uh, even week 17 or week 18 versus uh, Ravens, how do you, you know, it was Joe Burrow's worst game of the season. And they were also down in a lot of key moments. And if it wasn't for that fumble, right, Tyler Huntley's fumble, we could be sitting up here and saying Cincinnati was eliminated. Right. So I actually think Buffalo's was a little bit more fluky. I think Buffalo, we, I think you should take more away from Cincinnati's downpour against Baltimore than you should uh, Buffalo's. And now here's the key. You're right, the offensive line, and I think Cincinnati had more stall out drives, right, than they usually do. And the problem is the Ravens couldn't exploit it as much. I think Buffalo can. Um, so I'm gonna start out with our picks if you want to go sure. on right ahead. Uh I'm actually gonna go with Buffalo. And this is so unlike me. I, I feel like if this was any other time. If you know Cincinnati had the healthy offensive line, I would have for sure gone Cincinnati. I will be on record. I still think even if Joe Burrow loses on Sunday, uh, I still think he's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Uh, Shriekar knows it, and he's firsthand experience. He knows I love them both, but uh, I, yeah, I, I would still take Joe. But yeah, it's just a really bad timing, uh, and for that reason, I'm gonna go with Buffalo.
1: Again, if the O-line can block for Joe Burrow, which is a concern, Cincinnati should be able to throw constantly against this Buffalo front. Um, and this is actually, I think, the scariest concern for the Bills. If we watched that Miami game, there were guys just wide open, wide open. And, if they again, if they hold on to the ball, it changes the complexion of the whole game. And I think Burrow can seriously take advantage of that. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Bengals. The Bills just haven't been the same defensively since losing Von Miller on Thanksgiving. And I think they've met their match here. Even in the snow,
0: I think I think Burrow's gonna get it done. So I was gonna say that. I think this is Jamar and T's first game in the snow. It is. I, I I Right. So I think I'm a little Yeah, no, I'm trying I I've looked back on it and I I was doing that as you were talking. I don't they have not. They haven't played in the snow. The AFC championship game in Kansas City, cold, but it wasn't snowing. Uh, I also don't think Joey B has played in the snow either. Mm -hmm. So I think that might get to them. And um, I really hope I'm wrong. I'm going to be rooting for Cincinnati, I think. Uh, I want Joey B to be back. But something about it, I I don't know. I, I think this is where we see like, Oh shoot! Like Buffalo's match against uh, Miami was a little bit more fluky. I think that's what it's just coming down to me on. But you're really right about the secondary; it needs to tighten up. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Is Micah Hyde playing? I want to check. I don't think he is. I.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't seen any update with Hyde actually. So if
0: yeah, if Micah Hyde is not, then I'm like might a little bit be scared. But um, yeah, I don't think he's playing. I'm still going to go Buffalo though.
1: All right. So our next game and the final game of the divisional round, arguably the best uh, it's the Cowboys and the Niners in San Francisco. I mean, SF is just a juggernaut at this point. We saw that in that, in that Seattle game where they just hammered them despite playing poorly for 30 minutes. Look, I I think the Niners have the best weapons in football, the best defense in football and a quarterback in Brock Purdy who basically has to play the role of game manager without making those back-breaking mistakes, right? But the Cowboys, and it's interesting because when I was watching Bucks cowboys on Monday night, I was actively rooting for the Bucs because I felt that the Cowboys presented a much you know, worse matchup for the Niners. Uh, Dallas has the ability to move the football and, and create issues there. They will turn the ball over. Obviously, we know that stat with Dak where he led the league with 15 interceptions despite missing five games. But CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, I mean, that, that can really break into this Niners defense, and I'm a little bit scared about that. But I don't even think that's my biggest issue. I think my biggest issue is Dallas can rush the passer. And they can harass Brock Purdy. And now Purdy, he's been really good when he has a clean pocket. But if we look back in that first half against Seattle, the Hawks were actually getting pressure on Purdy. And when he was forced to move out, he looked really just all over the place, like a seventh-round rookie would look. The Cowboys rank third in pressure rate, third in sacks, only the 13th highest blitz rate. So we'll see how they scheme this up, but... Look, I think San Francisco is rightfully going to be the favorite, but um, I was just hoping we got the Bucks instead of the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys just match up so well here.
0: I'm with you. Uh, I I'm actually really torn on this. I think this Dallas or Philly would be the like the toughest matchup. Obviously, the Niners would have to face. Um, I think overall, like. So my thing with Dallas, and I think it's the same with everybody, they've got to be consistent. I mean, on the one hand, they can look like a team that literally can beat anybody and like destroy them because both sides of the ball, they have such high ceilings. The problem is, am I going to get the Dak who really shut me up on Monday? Like I will be the first to admit it. He looked phenomenal and I'll give you props, but I'm going to say this. And I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to double down. This really did not change much for me because the biggest thing I've said about Dak Prescott is that he is inconsistent as hell. And I still got that. He went from 14 of 37 and only scoring six points on the road against Washington to like 300 yards and five total touchdowns to Tampa Bay. So, the question still remains Am I going to get Washington Dak or am I going to get Tampa Bay Dak? Right? Like, that is my whole point with Dak Prescott. And that is why I can't rank him above certain guys. Because the bad of Dak Prescott is really bad. Um, and not every good game of his looks like the one we saw against Tampa Bay. I think that is probably the statistical best game of his career. I cannot name you one better. Not even statistical, uh, just it the was best the right game. time to do it. So, the question is Can you? Yeah. I, and can he, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Like literally he was seeing everything. I mean, every time they brought pressure, he hit his first read on point. I mean, he hit the seam routes every time. I don't know why Tampa gave it up. Just stupid Tampa Bay. I, I want to get that game out of my mind. I mean, like, yeah, Dallas played so good on both sides of the ball. And I think you're right. They match up pretty well with the Niners on both fronts. Uh, I think we should not overreact on Brett Maher. i I, I, I sure he missed four extra points, but he was literally like a top three kicker by stats throughout the year. So I don't think there's much to worry about there. Uh, there's no storm this time, no rain. Uh, it's going to be a clean game uh, in uh, Santa Clara. So here's what I think it comes down to. What Dallas are we getting, right? Um And uh, another thing is the second corner besides Trayvon Diggs, right? Like, who is that guy? I mean, Xavier Rhodes got torched towards the end of the game. He played solid. Uh, to start the game, mainly because the pass rush was getting there. But let's be real, if the Niners hold up, he's getting cooked. Like, whoever they thought, aside, Deron Molin is great in the slot, but their second corner on the outside next to Trayvon Diggs has never been good. Uh, and who they line them up with, I think they're probably going to put Trayvon actually more on iuke than Debo, and I think Debo is going to have a really big game because of that. Uh, so that's one thing that people should look out for when you're watching this game. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, how I love my quarterback. So let's talk about Brock Purdy um, Look He has been phenomenal like there has really not been a game or Necessarily a long period of time where you can point out consistent mistakes I don't he has never put his team in a position where it's costed them the game I, I don't think I can say that I no, I'm serious. Don't, don't I know he thinks I'm trying to digs it But I'm being real like I really haven't seen a Point in time where Brock Purdy has costed his team the game and I've seen that multiple times from Dak He does it literally every other week. He'll have a stupid pick or stupid couple picks and it'll cost this team Brock has never done that in his what like seven starts uh, he's honestly been flawless like <laughs> he has not lost and um, I think that's going to be a big key going into Sunday I know Shriek thinks I'm trying to jinx but I'm being real like I've been on the Brock train for a little bit. And uh, that throw to uh, – I think it was McCaffrey, right? Was Or um, it was – it might have been uh, – was their second? Or Mitchell. Uh, I remember when he broke – the pocket broke and he rolled left yeah. uh, threw it right. Was that McCaffrey or Mitchell? Are I you talking about the one that was
1: incomplete or the touchdown? The touchdown. The touchdown was Mitchell.
0: Okay, yeah. So, see, like, like under pressure, I don't think it's – I don't think he can't do anything, but you're right. Like a rookie quarterback under pressure is obviously going to be worse off than a dude with a clean pocket. So uh, that's going to be the key to the game. Um, really mad that Dallas made it here, but um, it's going to be a tough matchup. You want me to go first on the pick? Well, I, can I go first? Yeah, okay, I go, I'll,
1: I'll say I'll say this about Purdy real quick before I get my pick. Statistically speaking, I think this is that was the best performance by a rookie QB in the playoffs in NFL history. Uh, statistically, the tape is a little different. I think it, Yeah. the only other one I could think of was Russ against the Falcons. And I think Purdy has that one beat, but uh, luck against the Colts. I'll uh, throw that one out there too. Luck ag- against the Colts. Sorry. Luck against the chiefs. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I could hear that yeah, one too. Um my bad. But I, I'm just speaking from a statistical perspective. I think Purdy has those guys beat. The tape was different uh, because I mentioned it before. It was really weird. But all right,
0: let's give the pick. Come on, we know where you're going with.
1: I don't. I don't know. This is like the least confident I've been in a you're Niner going pick all with, season.
0: No, don't do this. You're you know who Niners, we're going with here.
1: All right, the Niners. They're ready they're waiting they just hung 41 on the seahawks again defense is the best in football dak prescott will be under constant duress purdy all i ask is is just manage the game if he manages Dude, the game they've
0: scored 35 plus every game with him bro it's
1: it, we're due that's the problem we're due
0: i know i'm picking i'm picking sf i'm picking sf yeah, you are okay. All right. Yeah, Shrieks trying to make this uh, a discussion. Of course, we're picking SF. All right. Like this is not. It's not. not it's a, not enough. It's course. course. It's it's a tough pick. Guess what? No, because guess what? It's a tough pick. At their be- at both. Even when the Cowboys are at their best, I still think the Niners are a better team. Uh, and yeah, that defense is going to give Dak Prescott hell. This isn't a team that's just going to run two shell and stay back with a different type of invert every other play and just let the seam routes go open. So, uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz is not going to have his tight end one performance like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is an easy pick. This is the easiest one for me. Uh, for sure. The other, I think, I think I'm still torn on the KC Jacksonville one, uh, also the Philly, New York one, but, uh, I'm good with this. This is the one I'm by far the most confident in. Uh, I think San Francisco moves on here. And uh, if it does end up as I stand with San Francisco and New York, that's going to be an easy matchup. So, yeah. Uh, so you can enjoy your little Super Bowl berth after they, I uh, don't happens, that. Don't say that. Just don't say stuff like that. Just don't. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If it, say happens, if it happens in my scenario. If it happens in my scenario, it's going to happen like this. And, you know, maybe we'll we'll start talking about Have you seen the 2011 NFC Championship? Uh You are never
1: counting out a Giants team, okay? You are never counting out a Giants team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know,
0: I know, I know. No, no, I know. (laughs) I'm well aware. I'm I'm well aware. Um, Yeah, I I don't know if I can jinx some my fellow Niner quote-unquote haters. I, I love Debo, though. You guys know that. Um, but yeah, those are our picks. Uh, let us know if you agree. I know I'm going to get some questionable comments on the giants pick, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, again, leave your thoughts in the comments below vote on our stories when we put them out. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys. We've been the cold, our truth NFL podcast. We'll see you guys next time.